I want to begin talking to you tonight about uh, standing for the truth. And we're going to talk about the specific uh, foundation and standard for truth. Unless you've been uh, under a rock a thousand miles down in the ocean, you know that uh, truth is under assault. That's right. And a lot of interesting ways that it's under assault. And the truth of the matter is there's, there's nothing more important that uh, you lay hold of and stand for the truth in your own life. Uh, too many Christians are being swept away by the errors that are out there and the winds of doctrine and, and everybody's good idea about what truth is. Just so that we can get it out of the way, there's not your truth, my truth, their truth. There is the truth. And we're either lining up with that or we're in opposition to it. And that principle is, is of course, uh, illustrated by Jesus himself. And I'm going to start over in John chapter 18. Just kind of laying a foundation for this teaching. Because everything's tied to what you do with the truth. Yes. Your eternity is tied to what you do with the truth. Your victory on this planet's tied to what you do with the truth. Your peace is tied to what you do with the truth. Amen? Amen. In uh, John chapter 18... And then we'll just start over in verse uh, 33. Jesus is standing before Pontius Pilate. And you don't get nothing else out of this. You know there's a price for standing for the truth. There is. Pilate then went back inside the palace and summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. Was it, what is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my, now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. He didn't say a truth. It's what truth? It's the truth. I came to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. And with this he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. Now, that truth, of course, didn't impact him at that moment. If it had, you know, he would have shooed him away somewhere else and not done what he did. But I want you to look at this phrase, Jesus comes to testify to the truth. Jesus and the Word are one. Yes. In other words, it's not, I love Jesus and I have my own truth. Yeah. If you have Jesus and you have the truth. Yeah, right. In fact, note what he said here in this scripture, everyone on the side of truth, listens to me. Not most of them, some of them. They have their own philosophy and religion and approach, and that's okay too. No, everyone. Say that with me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So if you're on the side of truth, you're on the side of the Lord. You're on the side of the Word. There's consistency between your life and what he has modeled, your devotion is to the same thing that he was devoted to, and that is the truth. Now, this Greek word truth is very, very powerful, and yet it's very, very simple. And it closely resembles our English word for reality. And it means the manifested, unconcealed essence of a matter. Say that with me. The manifested, unconcealed essence of a matter. Now, where we've gotten into trouble in the West and throughout Europe and this world is trying to define reality by our own terms. When we say truth, we do mean reality. But we're not talking about everybody's reality. We're talking about the highest reality in the universe. And the highest reality in the universe, of course, is God's Word. And so it's not their reality, my reality, you have your truth, I have my truth. No, there's one truth and there's one highest reality. That's true about the attack on the Word of God and the things of God and the Son of God and the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that goes with it. But it's also true 
When someone tries to tell you that your existence and your situation in life, your reality is somehow superior to the reality of the Word of God. In other words, it may be a reality that you are sick tonight, but it's not the reality. That was kind of weak for the Overcomers Club. If I went to tonight the Never Heard It Before Club, that would be perfectly appropriate. So let me try this again. Your personal reality does not trump the reality of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we're right. Somebody pass out the coffee. Hallelujah. (laughs) I like that so much, I'm going to try that again. Your reality does not trump the reality of the Word of God. Amen. Your reality must bow to the reality of the Word of God. And that's true about everything from healing to, to provision to deliverance to His guidance for His will for your life to how you view Scripture to human sexuality to heaven and hell. Everybody's got their reality on these subjects, but there's only one true reality. There's only one truth. Say it with me, one truth. There's only one truth about heaven. One truth about hell. One truth about how you were made. One truth about human sexuality. One truth about what it says about healing. One truth about what it says about His provision for your life. There's just one truth. There's one truth about how to get to heaven. And the devil would love to push you and push you and push you until you begin to get weak about this and adjust your thinking and begin to think, well, because it's case sarah, sarah, you know, whatever is good for them is good for them. It's not good for them because if it's not truth, then it is a lie. And what Christian should be on the side of a lie just because you don't want to upset somebody or be called a name? Or be labeled a bigot or whatever. You are never a bigot if you're standing on the side of the Word of God. Because if you are a bigot, then the Lord is a bigot. The greatest person of love ever to walk this earth. But the problem is they misunderstand what actual love is. Love is not bending to somebody else's reality. There's the issue right there. But notice again... Everyone on the side of truth. So everyone in the world today, everyone that has ever lived, everyone who will ever live, if they are in fact on his side, if they're listening to him, then they're in the truth. Well, that doesn't sound fair to all the other religions. It's not a question of fair. It's a question of what is. Those other religions, they didn't create this universe. They didn't rise from the dead. They didn't pay the price for your sin. They didn't go to cross for your atonement and for your redemption. He did. So when you're God and your Savior and your Lord and your Master, you get to make the rules. You get to set the reality. And everybody else can either bend to it or reject it. But everyone, say it, everyone on the side of truth listens to Jesus. Everyone on the side of error doesn't listen to Jesus. That's pretty simple, isn't it? How's that for putting a knife right in the middle of things? Amen. Pastor, I'm already saved. Take it easy. That's not the point. The devil would love for you to be at best apathetic about what's going on in this world. And we can't be. Amen. He didn't come to hide from the truth. He came to express the truth and demonstrate the truth. And live it out. And that's what you and I are called to do as well. Say that with me. Jesus, Jesus and the Word, and the word are, one. are one. Jesus, Jesus the, word God, the Word of God, the highest reality. The highest say it, the highest reality. Come on, say it, the highest reality. The highest. That's what reality is. But this is nothing new, this people springing off in a thousand different directions and watering down the commands of God and getting us uh, trying to get us to do the same thing. In Judges 17, 6, the Bible says, In those days, there is no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Now, you talk about a scripture that fits the world in 2023. Everyone doing what he thinks is right, or she thinks, in his own eyes. Watch this. Now, their reality is the highest authority. 
Their perception is the highest authority. They have no standard higher than themselves. That's going to work out well. And the point of this, this foundational message is to emphasize the importance that you and I know and submit ourselves to a standard and an authority that's higher than us. Yes. We are not the authority. Right. We are not the standard. No. You get this tonight. The world today is my truth is the standard. And if you don't submit to it, then you're going to be in my crosshairs. You're going to be a target of my ire and whatever I can rise up against you from cancel culture to politicization, you name it, I'm coming after you because you think that there's a higher truth than what I think my truth is. And the truth is there is a higher truth than what they think. It's the truth of God's word. But there is an objective standard that's higher than all of us. Say it with me. It's higher. And it's fixed. They've got no king. They've got no one making decrees. They've got no one bringing accountability. And so they all do what's right in their own eyes. You and I aren't called to do what's right in our own eyes. Amen. You've heard this scripture often taught in this church and in other places. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, it's got a, a dual application here. If you don't have a God-given vision or dream or direction in your life, your life is going to be in a situation where it perishes rather than flourishes. That's true. But the deeper understanding of this and the foundational understanding of this is when you don't have a vision or a revelation of God's law. The vision springs forth out of His law and His word. So what happens is where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Listen to this from God's word for today. Without prophetic vision, people run wild. When they don't understand the word, they run wild. And that's what we have going on today in the world. And God help you if you get sucked into this. Or your family gets sucked into this. Because if they don't have a vision of the law, an understanding of the word of God, they will cast off restraint, another translation says, and find themselves living, acting, and thinking just like this world. And if you act and think just like this world, you're going to get the reward of this world. Amen. Without prophetic vision, people run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teachings. Raise your hand if you're following God's teachings. You haven't arrived, but at least you have the conviction. Let me tell you something. Just to acknowledge there is a highest authority and then there's you is your, is your first step towards following God's principles. We're dealing with a generation who no longer believes that. It's not just a matter of faith. It's a matter of decision. They've decided that they're higher than what the Word of God actually says. But blessed are those who follow God's teachings. you got two tracks going on in this world right now. Those that are despising the truth and those that are living according to the truth and you haven't even begun to see the blessings of God falling on your head yet. You're about to see them come up on you and overtake you. You think it's no big deal to walk this path. I'm telling you, it's a big deal. Straight is the way. Narrow is the way. It's a big deal for someone to decide that they and their family are going to live according to the highest reality in the universe, the Word of God, no matter what kind of pressure they get, no matter if somebody cussing them out or mistreating them, they're going to walk this path. You say, well, what's going to happen? You're going to be blessed. These blessings shall come up on you and overtake you. What does it say? If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God, all these blessings shall come up on you and overtake you. But turn to somebody and tell them, I'm being overtaken. Hallelujah. So there is a reward for valuing the truth of God's word and placing it as the highest authority in your life. Church is important. Yes. The ministry of the church is God-ordained. Yes, 
The family is important. Men of God are important. Women of God are important. But none of us have the authority that the Word of God has. None of us. There'll never be a sermon, never be a prophetic word, never be a tongue and interpretation that usurps the Word of God. But if it lines up with the Word of God, it can be a great blessing to you and to this world. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Blessing for walking down this path. I love the scriptures that talk about how there's a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Everybody talks about the tithe in Malachi. One of the most powerful things Malachi says is, you know what? I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you what it's like to live for me versus those that reject me. There will be a distinction upon the righteous. So the encouragement is, you know, you're walking the path of truth. Stay on that path. Turn to somebody and tell them, stay on that path. There's a distinction. The world will get darker and darker and darker. But there'll always be what? Light in Goshen. Wherever the remnant is, that's where you'll find the blessing. There's always been a remnant and there will always be a blessing on that remnant, on that house. Glory to God. How many are glad for the truth? Yes. How many are not ashamed of the truth? Amen. How many don't care what people think about you? That's right. Come on, say, I don't care what people think about me. I crossed the line. You know, I can't remember exactly when it was, but 92, 93, there was a, an imaginary line that I just stepped over and I said, I'm going to go with the Word of God. And uh, you know what happened? Everybody cheered. And since that time, I can think of many battles that were fought. And then, um, and a novice and a carnal thinker would say that it was just personal. But I'm going to tell you, it's not personal. It wasn't personal. And the attacks you go through are not personal. It's designed to get your tight grip off the Word of God. It's designed to push me back over that line. Amen. Personally, but also to shut me up. And that same devil's out there and love to shut you up. But you know, you need that spirit of Bartimaeus on you that when somebody tells you to shut up, you cry out all the more. You don't like what I'm saying now about the truth? Well, I'm going to raise it up a few more decibels. Look at somebody in town. Bartimaeus. Shout it out all the more. Glory to God. I'm glad you crossed that line too. Amen. I'm telling you, there's nothing on the other side going back. To whom shall we go, Peter said. Jesus is like, you know what? Everybody didn't like that sermon. I mean, I always feel good about, you know, and I've had through the years people stand up in the middle of a message and walk out. In the South, we say, bless their hearts. <laughs> Jesus lost thousands with one sermon. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part in me. Now, this is where understanding the truth comes in. He was not teaching cannibalism. He was teaching spiritual communion with the truth and with what he would do to institute that truth with his blood and with his body. And I mean, they left him in droves. He's got 12 left, and one of them is a devil. So he turns to them and he says, are y'all going to leave too? And what does Peter say? I mean, Peter is a wild card. One minute, next minute. Some of y'all relate heavily to him. One minute here. But on that day, he's having a good day. <laughs> to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Do you know that that was in the liturgy, liturgy of our Lutheran hymnal growing up? Wow. You have the words. I can remember a lot of things about that experience. You know what I'm talking about, Jim? You have the words of eternal life. And then it had some, you know, some music to it, whatever. It was a chant that the pastor made. You don't want to hear me chant. <laughs> You'll lose your interest real quickly over that revelation. <laughs> Stay in your lane. 
Where are we going to go? You've already discovered the truth. You need to dig deeper. Amen. Get yourself more grounded than ever before because you've found the truth. Turn to somebody, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. You know, Paul's talking about things he'd been through and experienced and the opposition that was waiting for him. And yet, out of his mouth, he said, none of these things move me. Say that with me, none of these things move me. Say that I've crossed the line, the faith line, the word line, the truth line, and I'm not going back. Never, never, never. And I can tell you this, that yeah, it's, it's attracted some attention in terms of warfare. It's, a, it's attracted some attention in terms of the enemy trying to, you know, displace that devotion and push us off the word of God. I can't even begin to tell you all the blessings, though, I have seen crossing over that line. And I'm just getting started. And so are you. So a wise Christian looks at what's going on, and this is for some folks tonight. You look at that, that, that challenge, that warfare, that gimmick, that trick, amen, that, that strife, that attack on you, your family, your mind. You look at that through the lens of he's just trying to get me off the word of God. He wants me to turn loose of the truth. And your attitude needs to be, I'm not doing it. I am not a pushover. Come on, say it. I am not, I am not a, pushover. a pushover. I'm not going to turn loose of the truth because of some warfare, or some attacks, or because of some misunderstanding, or because of some name calling. Amen. We falter in the day of battle. Amen. How little is our strength? Amen. No, we're going to stand. Amen. This is not something I've made up. Jesus made it very plain in Mark chapter 4. The trouble and persecution. <laughs> this is always one of those paradoxes that makes me even laugh. Trouble and persecution comes because of the word. Mm -hmm. All right, so pastor, why should I want more word in me if it's going to attract more trouble and persecution? Because if you hang in there, it will produce a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. That's, right. That's why you hang in there. You don't let the persecution and the trouble defeat you. But you're not going to be a truth person without attracting some attention. If you think you can hide away from this world and its antagonism towards us, it's not going to happen. You carry a spirit about you. Amen. You already have a rep. <laughs> you do. You have a reputation in the spirit realm. And some people don't necessarily like you, not because you're a bad person, because what's on the inside of you aggravates what's on the inside of them. Yes. I recommend you keep what's on the inside of you. Yes. Amen. They're the one that needs to change. <laughs> Amen. You know, instead of saying, oh, I lost another friend, or oh, I went through another attack, or oh, somebody cut me off because of the things of God, start thinking about it this way. Well, there must be something real going on on the inside of me. Amen. I'm not talking about being antagonistic on purpose, being honoring and unloving. All you have to do is just hold on to the truth, and there are hundreds of thousands of people you're going to aggravate. Every single person that will not agree with Jesus. Every person in air, you can't expect them to clap for you. If you dare to believe, you narrow-minded thing, you. Yes. Praise the Lord. That you have the truth. Come on, say it. I have it. I have it. And I'm going to stay with it. Paul predicted this and prophesied this and spoke about the terms in Romans 1.25 that he was observing. They exchanged the truth about God. For a lie, and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed. People have today exchanged the truth for a lie. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't care what alphabet some person is going by today. Right. Amen. And every week it's a new term. 
You don't know how many times the pride flag has been changed just in the past 10 years to accommodate a new branch. See, when you're on the truth, the flag don't change. Amen. That's right. There's a sermon. Amen. What flag are you flying? <laughs> a uh, men's magazine this week had an article, and these people just must sit and smoke dope and drink and think, now how can I be the radical of the week? So if, if you're into women now, you're a gynosexual. Okay. It's never going to stop. The truth of the matter. <laughs> you finally got that, huh? Okay. <laughs> well, you're worth waiting for, boy. Praise the Lord. Um, we're, when you reject the truth, anything is possible. You can go down any path mentally and emotionally when you reject the truth. But what's behind it all? I'll tell you what's behind it all. What's behind it all is the same thing Paul talked about in Romans. It's a rejection of the Creator God. It's a rejection of His authority, rejection of His design, rejection of how He made things to be. They don't like that. They don't want anybody over them. And that's why they demonstrate and that's why they you know, celebrate this stuff in your face, God. It's not in our face. It's in his face. And I mean, of all the terms you would use to display yourself, and of all the terms you would use to describe yourself, you use pride. The same thing that got Satan thrown out of heaven. Pride. Pride goes before a fall. A haughty spirit before what? Destruction. Is not pride one of the seven Sin. deadly Sin. sins? Yes. Seven Dead. deadly <laughs> sins. Yes. Yes. That's a stark contrast between the truth. It has nothing to do whether you love people or not. But if you really do love people, you're going to tell them the truth. Amen. I was going to share this later on and, and develop this later on, but uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 6. Love rejoices in the truth. So if it's not the truth, it's not love. Love is love. No. It's not love if it's not the truth. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, God is a God of love and tolerance. He's also what? A God of truth. And that is the measure by which we are all measured and judged. So when you hear this stuff coming at you, it's designed to bend your thinking, to make you sympathetic. And in the end of the day, anybody can live their life the way they want to. But you should take this seriously in your life. Turn to somebody and tell them, get serious. Get serious. If it's really love, if you really love someone, you tell them the truth. Not a truth. Not their truth. Not our truth. His truth. You tell the truth. If you love, say it with me, if I love people, I tell them the truth. Today is a day when if you, if you just, you know, don't say something like that and, and you do so because you're afraid of offending somebody or hurting somebody's feelings. We live in a day where people use phrases like blood is thicker than water. No, it's not. Truth is the thickest of all. And if you really love that family member, what do you do? You tell them the truth. All right, let's turn it around. If you don't tell them the truth, you hate them. How's that for flipping the tolerance doctrine on its head? You don't really love them. You must really hate them to see them go down a path that's directly contradictory to the Word of God. Amen. Say, if I really love them, I'm going to tell them the truth. 
Come on, say, if I really love them, I'm going to tell them the truth. Because love rejoices not in perversion, not in tolerance, but in what? In the truth. It rejoices in the truth. Say it, it rejoices in the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. Faith works by love. Now, when it comes to, to you know, worldview and, and what's going on right now in our culture, you need to stand firm on the Word of God. But you need to be just as firm on the Word of God, on the promises of God. Don't let an alternate reality come in and push you off the things of God. Amen. Um, love rejoices in the truth. The truth is that you are forgiven. The truth is that you've been made righteous. The truth is that you're the healed. You're the, the delivered. You're the prospered in Him. The truth is you're on your way to heaven. The truth is you have a heavenly home going up for you. Amen. I don't know what your address is going to be. But it should be interesting. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you're going? Yes. That's the truth. Yes. Hold on to it and don't let anybody talk you out of it. Amen. Don't let somebody shame you off of it. Mm -mm. I get tickled when people start, you know, poking at Jesse DePlanis because of the tools of his ministry and <laughs> having an intercontinental jet because the guy is, is in a different city, you know, five, six times in a single week. And they say nothing about all those who have nothing to do with the ministry, but all they do is, is pervert this culture and abuse, you know, abuse people and, and take advantage of them and you know, basically wring every dollar they can out of society, all for selfish reasons, but they never say a word about those people. Why is that? Because people hate the truth. Yeah. Listen to me carefully. They don't hate that Jesse has a jet. No. They hate what Jesse does with that jet. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to try this one more time because it's kind of weak here in this congregation. They are not upset with Jesse's jet. No. They're upset with what he does with that jet. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Let's make it personal. Have you ever been blessed by God? Have you? Has He done something for you? Has He ever provided a vehicle for you? Has He provided a house for you? Has He provided a job for you? And somebody got mad at you because God blessed you? Huh? Trouble and persecution come. Are you here? They're not mad about your house or your car or your job or your income. They're mad at how you got it. They're mad at the message. They're mad at the Lord who is the one who has provided it for you. Amen. Aren't you glad it doesn't matter? Amen. You just keep on smiling, keep on shining, keep on being blessed. Hallelujah. And it just tickles me. These, these people don't get to Jesse or anybody else because they know who they are. They know what they're called to do. That's right. And uh, Jesse's response, and this is, should, should be your response as well, don't get mad at me. I didn't do it. God's the one that gave it to me, so get mad at God. By that statement, he exposes what they're really mad about. Yes. Because the message is, if you'll follow, you know, along and you'll, you'll adopt the truth in your lifestyle, that God can do amazing things in your life as well. But I don't want to follow God. I don't want to get things doing it the right way. I don't want to be blessed doing it God's way. It goes back to they worship the creation rather than the creator. Because if they adopt the truth, it comes with standards and accountability. And I say the foundation, the foundation and, the and the standard for truth. truth. Aren't you glad that the truth has become real to you? Amen. Come on, say it. It's the highest, it's the highest reality, reality in my life. That's why we say it's the first place we go to for counsel. Amen. It's the final authority. Amen. Say it. First place, first place. and final, final authority. authority. The foundation and standard of truth is the Word of God. Romans 3, 4 says, Let God be true, and all man be liars. Anything that contradicts the word, contradicts the, the things of God in word, doctrine, practice, or behavior is a lie. All societies throughout history, it's interesting, have had a built-in disposition for laws regarding things like murder, for example, and theft. Uh, Moses didn't visit them. Jesus didn't come down and tell them. It was built in them. 
by the Creator to know that this is wrong to take a life. I'm talking about warfare, self-defense. It's wrong to take what doesn't belong to you. Mostly same societies have laws regulating sexual, you know, orientation and sexual, you know, you know, behavior in terms of assaults and whatnot. And there's crime and there's punishment for that. Where do they get that from? But we understand that God has built that in. Here's the problem, though. Just knowing that is not enough to do that. A revelation of the truth is required to do the things you actually know are right or wrong. Now that worldwide, every generation throughout all history have had a consciousness, for example, that murder is wrong and should be held accountable and discouraged. Where do they get it from? They got it from God. But once you have a revelation of the truth and the God of the truth, amen, now you're in a position to actually live that out in, in victory. That's why I don't care if you ban every gun. Humans will still kill other humans. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And I really don't have a problem with some nutball, you know, uh, being evaluated before you hand him, you know, some kind of a weapon. Not a problem with that. I mean, we've got a few of them out there. In fact, there have been tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people let out of hospitals that should have been let out of hospitals. And they're roaming the streets. And they're, they're nuts. They're certifiable. There's no question about that. But this, this penchant to say that it is an instrument that's the problem in our culture, it's not. It's the heart. It goes back to what? Worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Just by way of, of remembrance here, uh, 9-11 used box cutters and jet aircraft. The next day, there was a worldwide ban on box cutters. And even though jets were grounded all over the world because of what was going on, particularly in our country, in North America, how do you know that air flight returned? Yeah. Timothy McVeigh loaded up a box truck with fertilizer and diesel fuel and blew one half of the federal building up and killed, what, 150 people. Not a single shot was fired from a gun. It's the heart. It is embracing the God of truth and living according to that truth. Amen. That's the foundation. And I'm just here tonight to tell you that, that how many glad you're born again? How many of you have you accepted the truth? Yes. You know it's true. It is, a, it is a blessed thing to be where you are. Yes. You don't need the world's applause. No. You don't need some liberal praising you. Just live in a way that pleases the Lord. Live in such a way in fidelity to the truth that he can say at the end of your life on this planet, well done. Yes. Good and what? Yes. Faithful. So faithful to what? Faithful to him and faithful to the truth. Yes. Come on, shout it out. None of these things, of these things. Move, me. move me. Truth informs our life, our lifestyle. It's going to inform how we live and how our eternity works out in terms of where we go and, and how things go for us. It actually, you know, provides for us that map, you know, now and in the future, how we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to live, what we're supposed to look like. Truth does. There is no way to meet your potential and be what God's called you to be outside of truth. In truth, you're going to find out what you were destined to be and to do. In truth. Glory to God. I'm glad it tells us how to live. It informs our life and lifestyle, promotes godly thinking and behavior, provides the path for eternity. It's the basis for holding bad behavior accountable. The apostles, John said in 3 John 1, 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking according to the truth. truth. Seemed like a pretty big deal to him. Amen? Say it. I have no greater joy than learning my children are walking according to the truth. I mean, like it when your kids and grandkids walk according to the truth. Amen. Glory to God. There's no such thing as my truth. Your truth. His truth. Their truth. There is simply truth or there is error. And that error may come in outright lies or contradictions or partial truths 
or distortions, but it's not true if it's partially true. Are you here tonight? Satan was good at throwing the word of God up, but how you know Jesus met him toe to toe? The devil presented, you know, presented a perverted context of the word, and Jesus provided him the answer. It is what? It is written. That is the key to winning every spiritual battle in your life, the truth of God. Are you here today? Psalm 51.6, God desires truth in the inward parts. Say that word truth three times. Psalm 25, 4 and 5, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Ephesians 5, 9, For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. There's a very clear distinction here between what is truth. Pilate's asking that question, what is truth? Jesus answers it, Amen. Everybody that aligns themselves with me, they're in the truth. Everybody that aligns themselves against me is what? In error. You mean to tell me that the, the Jews are in error? Yes. Muslims are in error? Yes. The Buddhists are in error? Yes. The Taoists are in error? Yes. The New Age folks are in error? Yes. Who's in truth? Those that line with Jesus. And Jesus and His Word are one. Now, you didn't make up the rules. Amen? You're just required to live by those rules and those principles. Amen? Glory to God. A couple things about the, the truth of God. We'll go into a lot of detail tonight. But uh, the Bible is, uh, you know, the inspired Word of God. We believe it's infallible. Yes. We believe it's inerrant. Um, you say, well, the Bible contradicts science. No, true science never contradicts the Bible. And the Bible never contradicts true science. Amen. What you have thrown at you the past couple of years is not science. No. Every day more information comes out to let us know that what we actually saw in the past couple of years was propaganda. Now God's going to expose the truth. Amen. It always comes out. Come on, say, it always. It always. Comes out. comes out. But real science, hello, and the Bible will always be in agreement. For example, the Bible says, say the Bible, the Bible. he made them male and female. Yes, he did. Science says there are only two genders. Yep, science. It's not just air slipped into the church. It slipped into every gate in the world. You have now people standing up in second and third year medical schools telling people that there are not just two genders. Even though the science they studied to get into that medical school says, chromosomally, there are only two. And then, everybody say science. Science and the Bible agree. The Bible and man's propaganda will never agree. So there were folks that said, well, I'm not male or female, I'm bi. And bi didn't describe it well enough. So now bi doesn't mean, you know, both. It means it could be any plethora of combinations. It's like listening to Bill Clinton. It all depends on what the word is, is. See the dance you've got to do when you come off the truth. It doesn't make any difference what you do to your body. It makes no difference what you do to your hair. It makes no difference whether you put makeup or not, whether you wear a hose or not, whether you wear pants or a dress. If we cut you open and you bleed, guess what your chromosomes are going to show? Science. You need to stick to the word, and I'll tell you what, archaeology and all manner of science will always line up with the Bible. Why? Because the one that created the physical world is the same one that wrote the Bible. That's it. Shocking. 
that the author of the universe and the author of the Bible would actually agree with one another. John 4.23, the Bible tells us he is seeking worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't worship God in spirit and in truth if you're entertaining lies. You can't do it. You can't worship in spirit if you know nothing about the things of the spirit. But you can't worship in spirit and truth if you've adopted a new mentality of what the Word of God says, or some carnal approach to the Scriptures, some watered-down approach to the Scriptures, it's kind of freaky out there. I mean, you have people standing in the pulpit saying there is no resurrection. Amen. Saying that people that are pro-life were basically politicized to be pro-life, so somebody would vote for so-and-so. Can I tell you something? The Bible has always been strong about this. The Bible says to Jeremiah that God knew him when? John the Baptist was baptized in the Holy Ghost. When? In the womb. The Old Testament is filled with references to the worship of Molech through the sacrifice of children. Today in this country, children are being sacrificed. On the altar of sexuality and other things that I just don't have the liberty to talk about. But I'm telling you that God is raising up warriors to stand up for our kids in this world. And the Bible is still the same today as it ever has been. It's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and dropped into the sea than that you offend one of these little ones. There's going to be some serious reckoning if it doesn't stop. Yes. Yes. Are you here today? It pays to be on the side of truth. You know, if you stay on the side of truth, you don't have to lie. You don't have to remember what you lied about <laughs> because you still believe the truth. It's a, it is a, you know, a, a worldly approach to say that God, His Word, and science are contradictory. They're not. If you are going to worship Him in spirit and in truth, you're going to have to know the truth. You have to know what you're worshiping. Amen. John 14, 16, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. How arrogant can you be? It's not arrogance, it's just truth. I am the way, the truth, and life. Muhammad Ali used to say, I'm the greatest. And for a long, long time, guess what? It was the truth. It was also arrogant, but it was the truth. Amen. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> Amen. Let me have other boxers like Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, who lost an ear <laughs> in service of the boxing industry. <laughs> Evander, born-again, spirit-filled believer. Amen. Jesus is the way. What does that mean? There's no other way. He is the truth. What does that mean? There's no other truth. He is the life. There is no other life. There is no life outside of him. These are really, really grand and bold, aren't they, statements. They just happen to be true. That's why Joseph McDowell used to say all the time that the Jesus can't be called a good teacher. He's either Lord or he's a pathological liar or he's a lunatic. He cannot be a good teacher and make these kinds of claims. Um, the Pharisees decided he was what? Part liar, part lunatic. Pilate never understood it, but who is he to you today? He is Lord. Amen? That's the truth. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth. And the what? And the truth shall what? That means nothing else will set you free. That is why Christ-centered recovery programs are successful when traditional programs are not. The recidivism rate for you know, places like Teen Challenge and Christ-centered you know, programs like Isaiah House in Kentucky, which has won all kinds of awards 
in the state and throughout the country, all kinds of funding because of their success rate, you know, they see 13, maybe 12, 13% recidivism. In these secular programs, you see 87, 90, 95% recidivism. Why does it work? Because they're centering what they're doing on the truth. Turn to somebody and tell them the truth matters. And the truth matters is God is God. Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Psalm 119, 160 says, All your words are true. What's the foundation and the standard? The Word of God. Say it all. His words are true. John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. Sanctify by thy word. Thy word is is what? It's truth. In somebody else's word, then what? It's not true. It can't be both. His is the way. His is the life. His is the truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, we're to rightly divide or handle the word of truth. Isaiah 45.19, I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. The foundation and the standard for truth is the Word of God, plain and simple. And there is no other standard. And if you accept that and live within you know, that reality, you set yourself up for life and for blessing and for, and for peace and for heaven and for victory. Can I have an amen? And for joy, being the head, not the tail. How many like blessings coming upon you and overtaking you? By making that the standard. It is the truth. Not a person in here has their truth. That's a lie for the pit of hell. There's just one truth. And that standard is the Word of God. Aren't you glad you've met the one who gave you the truth? Aren't you glad you know him tonight? How many have stepped across that line? Come on, said, I've stepped across that line. I'm going to stay over here with the truth. No matter what kind of pressure, no matter what kind of experiences, no matter what kind of assignments, no matter what you go through, you're going to stick with the truth of God. Turn to somebody and tell them, dance with the one that brought you. The words brought you this far. It's going to bring you all the way through. Amen. So what we'll do in future sessions is actually talk about, talk about what we're supposed to do with this truth now that we understand it is the standard and then what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what the Bible says about different matters. The truth about different things. It's pointless if we don't understand what that truth is. See, that's where part of the world is right now. That's where many in, a, in the younger generations are. They reject the Bible as truth. So to tell them that this is what the truth says or the Bible says is irrelevant to them. It's a decision. How many of you believe that God opened up the minds and the eyes, the understanding of the youngest of us among us? Amen. Their understanding will just thrive through the things of God. Amen. Uh, don't give up on them. I said don't give up on them. The greatest outpouring this nation has ever seen is going to come at their hands. But it's not going to come if we back off because they don't currently like something. Amen. Believers be believers. Parents be parents. Can I have an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I have the truth. And I'm not letting go of it. In Jesus' name. What is truth? Everyone on the side of truth listens to Him. What side are you on? Stay on that side. Amen. Give me a big hand clap tonight and thank Him for it.